Let's grab our Bibles this morning. We're going to be in the book of Acts, chapter number 16. We're going to take a break away from 1 John as we enter into the holiday season. I want to touch on some things concerning Thanksgiving, and of course, we'll enter into Christmas here soon enough. But uh, we're going to be in the book of Acts this morning, chapter 16. And if you find your place there, let's uh, stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin reading this morning with verse 16. A familiar passage of Scripture. It's a lengthy text this morning. We'll get through it quickly, though. Pay good attention. This is a wonderful narrative, and I think it will help us this morning. It's very applicable to things that we're going through, and I I believe it will encourage our hearts as we look into it. So let's begin here in verse number 16 of Acts chapter 16. The Bible says, And it came to pass as we, and of course this is Paul and his missionary team that this narrative is about, went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. By the way, how many of you know that's the kind of power our Savior has? That's the kind of power the Word of God has. And I want you to know that no matter what kind of distress we might be going through, never discount the power of God. Never discount what God is able to do, even in a single word. Never discount what God is able to do through you and through me as we are faithful to Him. Notice as we continue on here in verse 19. And when her masters saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, What must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans. 
and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. This morning, I'm going to preach to you on the language of praise, the language of praise. And let's pray and ask God to help us with this this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we live in a time and in a day where it is very easy to complain. And Lord, we, we are in our flesh very justified to do so many times. And yet, God, I hope that this morning we can look at your word, we can look at the testimony and the narrative of these men and women who loved you during a very difficult season of ministry, who were faithful to you during a very difficult time personally. And Lord, out of that allowed your spirit to bring forth praise that transformed not only their ministry, but transformed those that were around them. Lord, I pray that this morning we would supremely believe that you are faithful, that you are able, and that you will do what you have promised you will do. And that out of that, Lord, we would be revived. Many times revival doesn't look like we're strong in our own strength, but revival comes through humility as we look to you and you alone for our sustenance and for our blessing and for you to work through our lives. So God, work powerfully through your message this morning. May we be encouraged. May we be comforted. May we be convicted where we need to be convicted. May we be strengthened because of who you are and because of what you desire to do through us. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for it this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, I know that Thanksgiving is a man-made holiday. I realize that. I realize some people got together and said, let's be thankful. And so let's pick a date. Let's be thankful on this date. I get what it is. And I understand that like with most holidays that men come up with, it gets exploited and it gets turned into turkeys and stuffing, which by the way, I'm not going to complain about, okay? I like the turkey and I like the stuffing and I like the family time and I even like the football if it's a decent game, okay? And I get what we do with holidays. I understand that. But I, I also understand that we can use a day as a crutch instead of really focusing in on what the intention of things like this are. I've already noticed in our culture today, and again, I'm not casting stones, though I do think it's a little premature for 24-hour Christmas music, okay? It's just my personal feeling. But I get it. I, I get that there are attachments to it. I get it. It makes people feel good. And how many of you know right now people are looking just about for anything to make them feel good? So put up the tree, put up the lights. I'm not preaching against Christmas trees and Christmas lights, but I do really wonder about this. I wonder why every year we fast forward past Thanksgiving, I wonder why every year we're very quick to eat the turkey and then put up the tree. And again, I'm going to do it in my home. So, okay, move over at the altar. Let me have room. I'll repent too. But, but let me just say this. I think that speaks to maybe even a deeper understanding or issue that we have with the importance of a thankful spirit, with an importance of giving God praise. Many times in our culture and in our lives, this aspect of our Christian life is severely diminished. And, and by the way, it's easy to be thankful when things are going well. And it's easy to be thankful when we have a lot. 
But I wonder if our thanksgiving isn't misplaced and we're thankful for things instead of thankful to the one who provides for us. Now, this morning, as we look at this passage, I want to speak about the language of praise. We see in this passage that there are people who are going through difficult times, and yet they don't allow that to be a barrier for them recognizing who God really is, even through difficult times. How many of you are glad this morning that God is still God, even through difficult times? We don't need good times for God to be God. Uh, Difficult times, many times, brings out to us a lot of the issues that we take for granted in our lives and makes our hearts more ready to give that praise to him if we know him as our personal Lord and Savior. So as we look at our passage today and we learn about the language of praise, there are some things that I want us to walk away from this morning thinking about and meditating on that I believe God can help us with. First of all, I want us to understand this. The language of praise is revealing. The language of praise is revealing. It's revealing. Now, I want us to understand the context of what's happening here. Paul and Silas and their missionary team are ministering, and they've they've gone down by the riverbank, and there's kind of the formation of this early church that's taking place here. And, And out of this, there is drawn to their ministry this woman that is possessed with the devil. And she has what the Bible refers to as a spirit of divination. In other words, people are leveraging this spirit that's indwelling her in order to fortune tell for people so that they can earn gain. And by the way, I want us to understand that that's what the world does with people in situations. The world, the devil, the world system uses people for what they can get out of them. And when they can't get anything out of them anymore, they discard them. They're done with them. How many of you are glad that Jesus is the opposite of that? He doesn't use us. He gave himself for us. He doesn't turn himself away from us because we're sinners, but he died in our place so that we can know salvation. And how many of you are glad this morning that we can be redeemed because of him? And so we find that this is what's happening. And Paul and Silas see this woman that has this evil spirit and she's causing their ministry trouble. She's coming alongside of them. And it sounds like she's on their side, but she's really not. And she's saying, hey, behold, here are the men of God who are bringing salvation. And it's straining Paul and Silas' spirit because they're trying to really give a true message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they don't want to be connected with the work of Satan. You know, Satan, let me just side note here. Hey, you're going to get a bunch of free stuff this morning. How many of you know there's deals happening right now in church? Okay, here's a free thought for you. It's not really part of the message, but I'll tell you what. Satan has no problem partnering with God's work if he can destroy God's work. Satan has no problem partnering with God's work if he can destroy God's work. That's why the Bible tells us, give no place to the devil. And so that's what's happening here. And when Paul and Silas cast out this evil spirit from this lady, that spirit of divination goes away and it upsets those that were using her to make money. And not only does it upset them, but they get the rest of the multitude of the city worked up about this. And they capture Paul and Silas. Now, how many of you have you felt this way before? I'm serving God. I'm being faithful to him. But things aren't going too well right now. I'm serving God. I'm being faithful to him. But now insert trial. Insert difficulty. Insert stress. Insert health issues. Insert financial issues. Hey, can I just remind us all of something? Just because we're saved doesn't mean that we still don't live in a sinful, broken world. Now, how many of you are glad this morning that one day Jesus is going to make all things new? 
We're going to get a new heaven. We're going to get a new earth. We're going to get new bodies. Well, let me say that again. We're going to get new bodies. Hey, and it's going to be free from virus. It's going to be free from pain. It's going to be free from difficulty. It's going to be free from emotional stress. How many of you are glad that one day when we see Jesus, all that's going to go away? It's all going to go away. Paul and Silas ministered to a lost and broken world. We minister in a lost and broken world. Not everything is going to be peachy keen all the time. But how many of you know that Jesus Christ never changes? And as long as we are on the firm foundation, we can look to him. We can look to him and we can give him praise. So the magistrates and the people grab on to Paul and Silas and they beat them. And I want you to know these beatings were not insignificant beatings. These beatings were many. Usually when stripes were laid on a prisoner's back, it was no less than 40. Skin would split open, wounds would manifest themselves. The pain was almost unbearable. Paul and Silas were severely and cruelly treated because they were being faithful to the ministry of their Lord and Savior. And I will tell you, when the surface breaks open, what's inside comes out. When the facade is cracked, what's on the inside comes out. That's why the Bible tells us that the trials of our faith are much more precious than gold. Why? Because it's revealing Trials reveal really where we're at with the Lord. Trials reveal, reveal where our faith lies. Trials reveal where our love lies. Trials reveal what we truly believe. Because when the pressure's on, when the facade breaks, what's on the inside comes out. And we find here what was revealed from Paul and Silas. Notice with me again as we pick back up in this narrative of Scripture in verse number 25. They've been cast into the innermost part of the prison. They've been beaten with stripes. They're in significant pain. They're in a dark, dank, ugly dungeon with other prisoners around them. They're broken and they're beat up. And notice what comes out. Verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. That's what came out. And I wonder what comes out of our life. Hey, I don't know if you get this or not, Christian, but we're on the stage right now. People are looking at us. They're looking at what we do. They're looking at how we respond. They're looking at where we're placing our faith and trust. They're looking at, was this real in their life or was this just something that was part of their life when it was convenient? And I want you to get the spirit of what I'm saying this morning. I'm not knocking caution and I'm not knocking responsibility and I'm not knocking being wise and I'm not knocking the fact that we need to make adjustments when we see certain things happening. But what I am firmly saying is God is still on the throne. That God still has mercy and grace and help in our time of need. That God will never leave us or forsake us that we can firmly place our faith and trust in the Lord. And I'll tell you, I've been broken during this time. I've been fractured during this time. 
I've spent countless moments in my mind and in my heart running through people that I know are sick, running through people that I know are struggling, running through people that I know are questioning, running through people that I know are suffering, knowing our community's hurting, knowing our nation is severely fractured right now. America doesn't even look like the America of the past right now. And we can become defeated and we can become frustrated. And and boy, it's revealing, isn't it, what comes out when the surface cracks? But it's healthy for us. Can I tell you what? In this season, many times this year, I've been in my face before God getting things right with him. Things I honestly had hidden and didn't even know were in my life. That the strain and the stress of the trial broke open and it poured out. And I thought that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be there. It's broke open and and things haven't poured out that I know should be there. That I know should be a help and and should be a comfort and should be a strength. I love this testimony of Paul and Silas. Hey, listen, I'm not saying they never said ow when the whip fell across their back. I'm not saying the tear didn't fall from their eye as they thought about this whole crowd coming against them. I'm not saying that they didn't embrace the fact that there was suffering and difficulty that was going on. Hey, true faith isn't turning a blind eye to our pain. True faith isn't pretending that nothing bad is happening. True faith is understanding that we live in a sinful, broken world. But in spite of that, greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. That's where our true faith lies. And it was revealing for these men... That though they possibly did cry tears of pain and though they did have dark moments that they considered, in this prison cell, what came out was prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. Can I ask you a question this morning? What's pouring out of your life and out of my life right now? Undoubtedly, there's cracks there. Something this year didn't go your way. There's cracks there. What's pouring out of our lives? What are, what's the message that's coming out of our mouth? Are we prayerful? Do we give praise to God? I've often wondered, how do you praise God in a situation like that? Well, I guess these handcuffs aren't as tight as they could be. Thank you, Lord. I guess they could have hit me with 50 stripes instead of 40. Thank you, Lord. But, but let's just be honest with ourselves. Can we just be honest with ourselves just for a moment? Though it's easy to complain in our flesh, shouldn't it be just as easy to praise in the spirit of God? I mean, it's not like God hasn't shown himself to us in other difficult moments of life. It's not like we don't have wonderful things to draw from already in our life as a believer to be able to praise him even though we're going through moments of pain and difficulty. How many of you remember the day you got saved? Can we not praise him for that? How many of you remember when your sins were washed away, when your life was made new? How many of you remember when God provided in that time that you needed him to provide? How many of you remember that time when God worked in a miraculous way in your life as he has in so many of ours? Listen, I love that song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And this is what Paul and Silas are doing. Sure, I I, I guarantee you they didn't appreciate the beating. 
I guarantee you they didn't appreciate the shackles. I guarantee you they didn't appreciate their room with no view. But they still saw God for who he was. And there were plenty of things that they could look back on their life on and say, our God is so good. Hey, would you say amen this morning if you believe our God is still good? Right there in your house this morning as you're watching online, would you put up some praise emojis there in your live stream and just just be a testimony to the people that are watching on live stream today, the people that are tuning in, be a testimony that regardless of how dark the world is, God is still good. He's still faithful. We see it's very revealing. It revealed what was in the heart and the mind and the lives of Paul and Silas. We see this as well this morning from our text. It is redeeming. The language of praise is revealing. The language of praise is redeeming. I love this in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And this is very telling, this last part of the verse. And the prisoners heard them. Someone's hearing you right now. Someone's hearing how you're responding. Someone's hearing what you're thinking. Someone's hearing about what's coming out. Is it stuff that's redemptive? Is it stuff that points to our God? Well, I just can't believe the election. I just can't believe the virus. And I just can't believe this. And I can't believe we're doing that. And I can't believe this is going to pot. And I can't believe this and that. And oh my goodness. And if we don't do this. And if we don't do that. And I can't believe they did that. What are people hearing right now? Are they hearing that we're with the Lord? Are they hearing that we're trusting in him? The prisoners heard it. People around you hear it, even if you don't say it. They see it on you. They're looking at what's coming out during the times that are difficult. It must have been shocking for the temperament of the language to change here in the prison I mean, I don't know about you. Maybe I've watched too many movies, but I think of the prison and you know there's guys in there with their metal uh, mugs, you know, raking them across the bars. (laughs) Get me out of here. And then you got the other guy in the other corner saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And then you got the guy down the hall and he's, you know, not making any sense, just saying a bunch of other stuff. I don't know what was going on, but I know this. The prisoners heard what Paul and Silas had to say. I'd like to think that the mug stopped going when the singing started. I'd like to think that the guy jibber-jabbering over the quarter stopped when the singing started. I'd like to think that when the praise went up, it was so different from what they were hearing in their world that they really heard that. Christian, I don't think we understand the opportunity we have right now. I don't think that if we would dedicate ourselves to trust God and believe Him and serve Him, and be what he's called us to be right now. We could be that. Are we going to suffer persecution? Absolutely, undoubtedly. Bring it on. Edit that from the tape. Okay. No, okay. No, we don't, we don't look for it. But how many of you know all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution? And, and you know, we like, to, we like to think in our American Christianity... That Christianity is only Christianity as long as things are going well. That has not historically been the case for Christians. They were singing praise. They were lifting up their voice to God. They were praying to Him. And I want you to see the effect. Not only did the prisoners hear, 
Paul and Silas, but God heard Paul and Silas. Notice verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Hey, do you want God to hear you during times like this? Then give him praise. Praise his name. Lift him up. He'll shake that ground. He'll come into your ministry. He'll make it something. He'll make himself known. If he's lifted up, all men will go to him. Let's lift him up during these times. Let's praise his name. Yes, not everything goes the way we hope it goes. It just doesn't. But everything always goes exactly the way God wants it to go. And so... The prisoners heard Paul and Silas, and God heard Paul and Silas, and the doors opened, and the prisoners could go free, and the jailer panics. How many of you know the world panics when things go wrong? The world panics. It's in a panic right now. Who's going to be the president? When's this virus going to go away? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to all of us? I'll tell you what's going to happen to all of us. Jesus is coming soon. We better get saved. We better get right. We better get serious. He is coming. That's what's happening. And I don't know about you, but I want to be faithful till he comes. I want to be faithful till he comes. The prisoners were, or the, the prison guard was panicked. What am I going to do? Notice verse number 27, and the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and Seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You know what? If Christians would just stay faithful, if Christians would just trust God, if Christians would just look to him during times like this, if we would give him praise, I'd love to believe that there are people out there like this jailer that are panicked and frustrated and in fear, and they'd say, you know what? I need that peace of God like they have the peace of God. I need that relationship with God like they have that relationship with God. The prisoner went from panic to salvation because there were men who were faithful to praise the Lord. And I wonder if we're faithful to praise him during this time, to look to him during this time, to love each other through this time, to love our community through this time, to even sacrifice our very selves to get the message of the gospel to others and to help others in their time of need. I wonder what God would do through a church that will stand up and be the church when the church really needs to be the church. When the church really needs to be the church. Hey, hey, Christian, this ought not be vacation time for us. I'm gonna go hide in the mountains somewhere and get away from this thing. Where, where's, the, where's, the, where's the jailer at? Where's your neighbor at? Where's the co-worker at? Oh, man, we'll take off. Hey, let me just tell you something. It'll find you wherever you go. We live in a sinful, broken world. Stuff bad will find you wherever you go. 
Whatever situation you're in, you're going to run into a sinful, broken world. Wherever you live, you're going to run into a sinful, broken world. Things aren't going to be okay until Jesus comes. But let me tell you what. They're okay in my heart right now because this is where Jesus is at. Is he dwelling in you today? What's coming out? What's coming out? I love this in verse 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. Wow. How many of you want to see that? I want to see that. How many are glad some 30-some-odd people, men, women, and children, been saved in our church during this pandemic? Because we've been still serving the Lord. And I believe there's more who need to trust Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And this could be the situation, what's happening in our world right now, that could lead to great numbers of people coming to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ if God would just still have some people to work through. If God would have some people who will look to him and will say, I will praise you for who you are, even during difficult times. We see that this language of praise is first of all revealing, it is redeeming, and lastly, it is restoring it is restoring. Now, this is interesting. And, and please understand this. I'm not making any point other than the point Scripture is making here. Paul and Silas had been mistreated. They had been wrongfully accused of something. They had been wrongfully abused. Paul was a Roman citizen, and he was treated very poorly. He was not given a trial. He was beaten and imprisoned immediately. Severe injustices were taking place to Paul and Silas. But this is the thing. You don't see them in their prison cell complaining and murmuring. I can't believe I was treated this way. How many of you know that's the default for every person in our world right now? I can't believe this happened. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. Hey, reminder, we live in a sinful, broken world. Bad things are going to happen. But Paul and Silas didn't get bitter they didn't begrudge this. They waited for God to do the work that only God could do. And let me just tell you something. There are some things you're not going to be able to do. Pastor Caleb prayed this morning. We get frustrated when things are out of our control. There are things that you're not going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to make things go away or things go, go this way or go that way. But instead of sitting and complaining about it and being frustrated about it and being bitter about it, we need to call upon the Lord in prayer and give him praise for what we know he can do. I don't think for one moment Paul and Silas thought that God was going to forsake them or not be just with them. How many of you know that if we're looking for justice today, the only real justice that we have is the justice from our Lord Jesus Christ? He is the just one. And we see here in this passage that the prisoners or the, the jailer just wants them to leave. He sends the sergeants to this jailer's house and says, okay, just get them out of here. Send them out the back door. We want to forget they were even here. And this is what I like about Paul. Though he was right and though he gave praise and though he didn't complain, 
He took advantage of the situation for God to show himself strong through Paul and Silas. This is what Paul said. We're not sneaking out the door. They beat us publicly. They can apologize to us publicly. How many of you know that God always vindicates his own? We don't have to seek our own justice. We don't have to get riled up. We don't have to let it destroy our lives with bitterness. If we've been wronged, we can go to the one who rights all wrongs and he will make it right again. And how many of you understand that if it's not made right here, it will one day be made right there? If it's not made right here, it will one day be made right there. I love this. Let's read it just because it's funny. And how many of you want to hear something funny this morning, okay? This is just funny how Paul and Silas handle this. Verse number 35, and when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prisons told this saying to Paul, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust out us privily? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared. And let me just tell you something. It's only God that can put his fear into the people of this world. We don't do it through threats or through acting poorly or through getting mad and frustrated and letting that vein, you know, the one, you know, the one that shows up on your forehead, start throbbing at someone. But if we will just be patient and wait on the Lord, how many of you know he will give us strength? He, if we will humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will be the one to lift us up. If we will stay faithful for him, to him, how many of you know he'll take care of our church? So many people, oh, I'm so scared of what's happening. I'm so scared of what's going to come down the pike. I don't know what's church going to be like going into the future. I'll tell you what the church I'm going to go to is going to be like. It's going to be like we're praising God and we're trusting him. And we're seeing people come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that God will take care of us. And where we suffer injustices, we don't be, need to be mad. We don't need to be bitter. We need to wait on the Lord. And he will make himself known through us. He will make himself known through us. They were in fear, verse 39. And notice, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them, get out of town. Depart from the city. Get out of here. Hey, you know what? People not, might not always like that, uh, that Christians are around, but let me tell you what, they'll know we're here. And at the end of the day, they're the ones who have to deal with the truth of who God is, with the truth of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Notice verse 40, and we'll end this morning. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren... They murmured and complained and were frustrated. Is that what it said? No, it doesn't. It says they comforted them and departed. That should be our ministry right now. It should not be a ministry of bitterness. It should not be a ministry of frustration. It should not be a ministry of accusation. It should not be a ministry of trying to know people's motives. It should be a ministry of comforting and serving and loving one another. If we can't serve and comfort and love one another in our community during the most difficult times, then when can the church be the church? I mean, if we think that this is the worst test we're ever going to face as we enter into the last days before Jesus comes, uh, we've got another thing coming. 
This is the tip of the iceberg. Oh, this is real encouraging this morning, Pastor. Good, I'm glad I can encourage your heart. Can I tell you what's encouraging? It's not always the situations we go through, but it's the people we go through those situations with. And can I tell you what? I moved all the way across the country and I'm glad to be here to go through these situations with you right now. I'm glad to love on you. I'm glad to pray for you. I'll hurt with you. I'll cry with you. I'll trust God with you. And God will bless us. And God will be faithful to us. And God will work powerfully through his people if we will allow his praise to flow through our life. Are you communicating in the language of praise today? I believe if we will, God will do powerful things through us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time that we can be in your word this morning. As we approach this season of thanksgiving, I pray that we would not allow all of the difficulty and struggle that we see around us taint our heart and mind to where when cracked, you don't pour out, but complaint and division and frustration. Lord, help us to repent of all of that that exists in our lives. And help us to look to you so that when the trials come and the facade cracks, your light shines out. People know that they can run to you. Help us to be faithful in those ways. We love you, God, and we look for you to do great and powerful things through your people. I just want to say this morning before we conclude, if you're watching online or you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can know him today. You can have his peace today. And maybe right where you're at, the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart about your need for salvation. I'd like to pray. My prayer can't save you, but the Bible says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If you'll recognize that you're a sinner before God and you by faith will believe that he came in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for your sin, to pay the complete price for it, and you'll trust that, you'll ask him to wash your sins away, he will. And if you'll believe that he rose again from the dead and you ask him for that eternal life, he'll give that to you as well. I'm gonna pray and if, you're unsure of your salvation, I'd ask you to do that today as well. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to die for my sin, being God, to pay its complete price. I ask you to wash my sins away. I believe you rose again from the dead. I ask you today to give me eternal life. I repent of my sin. I turn to you. Save me today in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you meant that and prayed that this morning, the Bible says that you're saved. We'd love to hear about it. Give us some indication maybe as you're watching online that you trusted Christ today, we'd love to follow up with you. For more resources, you can go to takemehome.church, our website. You can keep up with our action plan for how we're serving our church, how we're serving our community, how we're worshiping him together. And again, only do what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. We're not forcing you to do anything that's uncomfortable for you, but we wanna make church available to those who desire to come and desire to worship him and are healthy to do so. We want you to also, if you're new and you're watching for the first time, we want you to go to our Start Here area of our website, fill out the connection card. Let us know that you watched today. We'd love to pray for any needs you have and serve you and minister to you in any way that we can. But thank you for joining us today for worship. We're so glad that everybody could be here and that you could join us online. God bless you. If you need anything, give us a call. We want to be a help and blessing to you any way that we can. And know this, we're praying for you and for our community diligently. God bless you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.